This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome into a brand new edition of the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. And unfortunately, the hits keep on coming for the Chicago Bulls. Just one game after the All-Star break, more bad news on the injury front. I'm going to read this to you from the Bulls press release. Patrick Williams, who has been sidelined since January 25th with initial bone edema in his left foot, recently underwent routine subsequent imaging, revealing the progression of his foot stress reaction. Williams will undergo surgery and be out for the remainder of the season. Hate to start the show with that bad news, but Stacy, we were wondering what was up with Patrick Williams. They were being really cautious about providing any timeline on when he might return, and now he's done for the season. What, how does that impact the team going the rest of the way? Well, it impacts him greatly because this is a guy that they counted on to be back in a few weeks to be able to help them in the you know at the power forward position, the small forward position. Uh, and plus, he had been playing much better as of late before he went down with the injury. So, yeah, this impacts him greatly because now they have no depth. You know, their depth is very thin, um, you know, and he's he's a quality player. So you're you're really losing a, a quality player. I know some people go, well, he wasn't, you know, he didn't do this, didn't do that. Uh, but he started to really play well. He's one of the young players the Bulls had counted on that you know, when they when they made that switch to going from playing bad five of 14 in the beginning to turning around in December and January. And uh, he'll definitely be missed. I, I was expecting him to come back and, and uh, that'll be interesting to see what the bulls do knowing that he's not going to be back here for the rest of the season. Yeah. At the start of the year when the bulls weren't able to work out a contract extension with Patrick, he talked to reporters about the fact that he was looking for a big contract. Well, this is really going to, impact him in restricted free agency because he's only going to wind up playing about 60% of the game since he came into the league. So teams that are out there are going to have questions about his durability. I mean, for Pat, 
this is going to cost him a lot of money. It's really unfortunate from a business perspective too. Well, yeah, that's that's gonna that's gonna really affect the the bottom line because he will be a restricted free agent. Uh, it really helps the Bulls to be honest, because uh, now you could basically say, you know, go out there and see what you get on the open market. We'll match whatever we can get. And then, you know, what you what you just said, him missing in so many games in his career, you know, people are going to be hesitant to really invest so much money in a guy that hasn't played a lot, you know, due to injury. So, uh, and if you're Patrick Williams, yeah, it, it could be a bummer for you, but on the same token, you can come back and sign a one year deal and then be an unrestricted free agent and have a you know bet on yourself and have a great year next year and then be one of the top free agents on the open market. The other news that regarding the Bulls roster-wise that happened on Friday was kind of a bit of a head-scratcher. The Bulls decided to elevate their two-way player, Onoral Bittim, to a full NBA standard contract, a multi-year deal, which is kind of odd because they need some help with size, with the power forward position, and yet you bring in another swing guy that, uh, you know, a guard, small forward type. Were you surprised at that, Stacy, that they elevated him? No, not really. Um, I, I, I've been wanting to know when he was going to be elevated from the beginning because, you know, he brought him up. He's one of the – when he came over as being a reputation for Turkey, being a great European player. And, you know, I thought he was going to be on the roster to start the season. I didn't know he was going to be on a two-way. And once he was on that two-way, I was a little surprised by that. And then he got – you know, he had some games where he's trying to feel his way through with the Windy City team, and then he got hurt. And then he came back recently and had some big games. And, you know, knowing that the Bulls, Mark, needs shooting, you know, this is what they brought this kid in for is to bring him in to shoot the basketball. They didn't bring him in here to be a guy that's like, oh, he's going to be a defensive stopper. They knew what they were getting when they signed him. And, uh, you know, just the last few weeks in the G League, you see him more than we do. Uh, He's proven that, hey, you know what? He can shoot the basketball. He can do a lot of things that can help this team win. And it just so happens that, you know, everything's happening at once. You lose Torrey Craig to a freak injury coming back from all-star break. He had just came back from injury, and now he's back on there four to six weeks. Now today we lose Patrick Williams. Um, this team does need some size, you know, and, you know, what do you have the G League for? I mean, let's, let's be honest. What do you have the G League for? If you got guys that can play at this level, at least give you – I'm not saying they got to start. I'm not saying they got to give you 30, 40 minutes, but if they can come in and play a role and give you, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, why not bring them up? One of the things that surprised me, though, with the timing of this and then the announcement of the Patrick Williams uh, surgery that's going to put him out for the rest of the season. I don't know if you saw this, Stacy, but about an hour or so ago, Oklahoma City waived Alexei Pokashevsky, who had started games for them the last couple of years. He's about a 22-year-old seven-footer who might have been able to get get a look at that power forward spot. Now the Bulls are, are full up at 15 roster players. Well, and here's the interesting thing about that. I mean, you know, if this guy was as good as, you know, they think he is, you know, Billy Donovan had a good look at him for three or four years, you know, so uh, he had firsthand knowledge of the kid. And if he really wanted that guy, he could have easily went in and told the front office, like, hey, this kid can help us. He can shoot the basketball. He can rebound, you know, but that didn't happen. And, um, you know, there's, there's, I, I don't know who's left in the buyout market because, you know, I'm focused on these last 26 games and if they were going to do something, they would have done something at all-star break. Um, I don't know if they're going to do anything. Um, I think the, the, the sentiment I think in, in the front office is, is that they're going to let this team ride the way it is, uh, continue to develop, you know, Kobe and, you know, Dale and Terry and, and IO and, and roll with that. Now I said this last night at the game. 
against the Celtics, you know, you still have Kobe and, and DeMar playing crazy minutes. You, you, you know, Billy's got to find a way to, to limit their minutes because if they do make the playoffs, these guys are going to be fried, you know, when it comes to the end of the season. So you got to start playing some other kids. You got to start giving Dalen Terry some more minutes. You got to give Io some more minutes at the point guard position. Uh, you know, uh, um, the team, now that you've got him on the roster, you got to get him out there and see what he can do. See, see what he can do. It'll be interesting to see how they play him because it's been, you know, it's been Billy's known not to play guys that he's not familiar with. And to have the guys sitting on the bench and not playing them, I think is a disservice to the team. Uh, and I think they've got to find him some minutes. Well, we got to the breaking news right away, so I didn't get a chance to say hello to our guy, uh, Timmy Whispers. I see you got the Friday beer in front of you. It is happy hour Friday. It's happy hour How somewhere. How things yes. going this week, Whispers? It was a rough week. That's why there's a beer in front of me. And uh, But, yeah, the, hey, bull- the beer would be there anyway. Yeah, it would be yeah. there oh, anyway. Right. Come on. Yeah, well, that's the lie. great thing about beer. It can be a good week, a bad week. It can be Tuesday. <laughs> the day ends in Y. It could be a holiday. <laughs> it could be someone's birthday. It doesn't matter. You can always... Grab a cold beer. That's what that's what does matter. You never made it down to Fort Myers over All Star Break, did you, Whispers? Well, there was this guy who was gonna go <laughs> with, <laughs> Oh, here we promised go. buying a ticket. <laughs> here we go. Not buying a ticket until you buy a ticket, send me that confirmation because all the travel I have coming up, I don't need to like add to the schedule, but uh nonetheless, oh, you are correct. But I will be there for my wife's birthday. I'm, and I'll I be there there too. Well, all right. Let's all go together. <laughs> well, we mentioned uh, the All-Star break uh, is over. The rest of the season, we got the final third, the sprint to the finish. Both looked good for a half yesterday against the Celtics, Stacey. And then they, uh, then Jason Tatum started raining in three-point shots, some really oh, contested shots. Man, I tell you what, man. Um, I'm, the Celtics – the Celtics look good. I, I don't know if they are a championship caliber team. I, I don't know that. I didn't really see that last night. Um, they're very good. They play defense. They they get after you defensively, which when you play defense at a high level like they do, um, you know, you got a chance to win a lot of basketball games. Now, what's going to come down to is when you get to the playoffs, you know, which one of those guys is going to take over? Which one of those guys is my Who's team? Killer? You know, get on, get on the – Get on my shoulders. Yeah. I'm going to carry you because the way it's set right now, it, you know, Brown was in the first half. He got off. Jason Tatum in the second half got off. You can't do that in the playoffs. You got to be able to. You got to be able to play the same way. You know, make adjustments offensively in your offense to get your star players off. Uh, I'm still not sold on Porzingis. Uh, Porzingis can't guard anybody, um, so I'm not really. I'm not really sold on him. But he does give them a, a added dimension of scoring. Is Tatum a killer though? Yeah, I think Tatum's a killer. I, I like yeah, I like when Jason you get Tatum. To the playoffs. I, I I love him. I think he plays great. But is he a killer when you get to the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think I think that what you worry about in the playoffs is Jalen Brown. I don't think you're worried. I don't think you need to worry about Tatum. I think you need to worry about Jalen Brown. I think you need to worry about Porzingis. I think those two guys are the ones you have to concern yourself with because, as we know, the playoffs are totally different than the regular season. You know, teams have a time to adjust. Uh, they're going to make Jalen Brown put the ball on the floor. They're not going to let him just you know shoot threes and post up when he wants to. They're going to make him do other things with the ball. And if you remember last year in the playoffs where he struggled going to his left, his ball handling was atrocious last year. And we really don't know if his ball handling is better this year because they had not had to do it. He hasn't had to be pressed to, to handle the ball under pressure. Last year, Miami forced him to put the ball on the floor. And you saw he turnover after turnover after turnover. He just 
his ball handling was just not good for them last year, and that was one of the reasons why they got bounced by Miami. How about our guy Luke Cornett getting a couple of dunks and then oh, dabbing man. himself going back up and down oh, the court? Yeah. I mean, that, oh, that, man. You Luke, that was a clown show. He was basically he basically, <laughs> he basically he basically was like you know he's like Jim Boylan I knew you believed in me you know that kind of thing you know I, I know I know that was for us over there you know the Chicago Bulls haters but listen he should be dunking on people he's seven foot one seven two should be dunking on people and you know listen no one has anything you know Luke's a Luke's a good kid no one has anything against Luke it was just the assessment of a coach making a crazy you know comparison to someone that he can't compare him to. So Luke's not a bad guy. You know, I've never, no one wants to see, you know, everybody wants to see Luke do well, you know, but at the same time, I think, you know, the comparison that Jim Boylan said, he reminded him of Robert Ory with his defense and the way he shoots the basketball. I'm like, mm, that's a, what? That's a little bit too, a <laughs> little bit too far for me. Yeah. That reaction when uh, Layla Rahimi had that sideline report from you and Neil was priceless. It was so yeah. funny. Oh man, it was it was kind of it's, listen, I've had a few moments, you know, the the the, the Denzel Valentine, you know, uh half court chart, you know, that we said no before he before he let it go. Did you just call it a chart? A shot. <laughs> it's a shot. So wild, Tim. He said Tim. it was a chart. You know, yes. So those those gotta go down in the in the in the bull's annals, man, of, of you know, some of the funniest calls. Because those are all like sporadic those are not like thought out things it's just like it's a natural reaction to what a fan is probably thinking you know a fan is probably thinking the same thing like you know denzel taking that you know that 40 foot shot you know with down down two or something he takes that bad shot and people are like what the f <laughs> so i i just i can't curse on tv but you know you know what i'm, yes, you know you where I'm going no i can't no no here you can you can curse here no you can let it fly Oh, I didn't know that. We Let's got those children. F-bombs go. Yeah, we got we got children here. We got children here. But oh, that's right. yeah, but you know what I mean, Mark. You, you there's certain things like you know you remember you know and and Luke Cornett had a good game. He had a couple of dunks last night. Um, and you know we we, we I blame defense. You know, like I, sometimes I get so mad at this team defensively that they can't stay locked in for forty plus minutes. Like you know you want to get to the playoffs. You want to you know get to five hundred. You want to be a good team, man. You good teams stay locked in. You know, you don't have, you know, you got an 82-game season. It's hard to stay locked in for 82 games. You're going to have games in the season where you get blown out. Your defense let you down. You didn't, you know, do certain things to win games. But when, you, when you're when you a team like the Bulls that are fighting for a playoff spot and you got 27 games in, this is where you lock in. This is where we got to put all the BS to the side. We don't have to worry about, you know, we're not worrying about who gets the shots. What do we need to do to win it? Because if you remember the second half last year, they had one of the best records in the second half coming after All-Star break. And, you know, so if they want to get to where they need to get to this year, they got to have a similar run that they had last year. Now, we don't have Patrick Beverly to be in the locker room motivating people. So that hurts. But, you know, you you can't have these mental breakdowns now. You know, twenty. Like, I mean, Vooch last night, you know, 20 points in the first half, two points in the second half. I mean, one for seven from the, you know, from the, you know, from the field, uh, you got 20 and 10 in the first half and then the second half disappeared. And, you know, it's like, why did he disappear? Was it the play calling? Was it he wasn't aggressive? I mean, what, what was it? You know, all I can see was that, you know, you got to come out and you're the main guys. You got to come out every night and deliver. There's no excuses. You're the main guy. You're going to get all these shots. You know, you got the green light to do what you do. You got to come out and play hard. <clears throat> 
Yeah, and the schedule coming up is brutal. You oh. got to go to New Orleans on Sunday. And they're, but they're making really a playoff push. Zion Williamson has really kind of come on. And, you know, people haven't been talking about him this year, but he's been able to stay on the court and he's put up good numbers. Got to play the Clippers, Cleveland, Milwaukee. So I mean, they, they could be in a yeah, they could be in a situation where, you know, this, this could be free fall time, especially with the injury situation. Well, and the injuries really make it tough, you know, because now you're missing two quality players that's in your rotation. And now you got to figure out, okay, how do we how how can we navigate through this this really, really tough schedule? And, and be able to get some wins and stay on pace to make the play in or wherever we we're going to be at. Um, you know, and that's why I said every game is a different game. You got to focus on the game that you played last night. You know, Jason Tatum historically has had a hard time scoring in Chicago. He doesn't play well in Chicago. And it looked like he was in the first half that that was true. And then all of a sudden, great players find ways to get going. He had a couple of tough shots with people in his face. And then all of a sudden his confidence got going and uh, you know, he just carried him in the second half and then, you know, white, I mean, come on, Derek white. I mean, did you see the block he had on Vooch? I mean, the yep. guy, I mean, he boots, <laughs> boots was posted him up and turned to shoot a hook shot. And the, the kid jumped up at six, three, six, four and blocked his shot straight up. You know, just like whispers. it was, it was, it was, I was just like, there's no way. I think he had three or four blocks yesterday. Um, his, his game is really elevated. He probably should have been on the all-star team this year. You know, he missed being on the all-star team, but the his hair, the he, hairline did it. Wow. He shaved all his hair off. And yeah, still, you can see it. <laughs> Just like <whispers. laughs> Hey, but I like him though. I, I like him. He defends, you know, they, they, they're a very good defensive team. You know, even with Porzingis, Porzingis not blocking a lot of shots, but, uh, they're very good defensively, man. I, I really like the way they play defense. Hey, speaking of defense, what do you think of the All-Star game? It's horrible. 111 yes, points. That horrible. was an abomination. It's horrible. It's, it's starting to become an embarrassment. Um, and what they what they need to start doing is, is like how they used to do with Kobe and those guys and Michael and those guys, is like, okay, we're going to mess around the first half. Second half, we're playing for real. Because, like, I, I think, you know, me personally, like, if you're the best player, like, I want to know how where I rank, okay? If I'm in there on a game full of stars – I want to know where I rank amongst the best in the game. So, therefore, I'm going to come at you, and I expect you to come at me. That's how we play. They, they, they'd be like, you know, you, you remember Giannis used to play that way. Giannis used to come out there, didn't care. He's just out there playing hard. And, you know, people used to think, oh, why is he, you know, why is he showing off? And, you know, why is he playing so hard? The other players would say that. But if you have more and more players start having that attitude, then everybody will start playing that way. It just takes one or two guys to play hard and make the other guys look bad because nobody at the end of the day, Mark, nobody wants to look bad. Everybody wants to, you know, they want to look like, Hey, we all are on the same level here. We're playing it the same way. But if you got Giannis, you got, you know, Anthony Edwards, you got, you know, two or three other players who first, second time in the all-star game who appreciate being there and know what the fans want to see. And they come out and start playing hard. That's one thing about Kobe Bryant. That's where you really miss Kobe Bryant because Kobe Bryant is a player didn't really care about all the let's just go out here and entertain the fans. He was like, I'm here to destroy people. I need to let you people know that you're not on my level. And I'm so a professional and, and people analyst. and people would always say like, you know, man, you, you know, you don't want to play, you don't mess around with Kobe because Kobe plays extremely hard and he forced all the other guys to play hard. That's why you see him. Remember when he elbowed uh, uh, Dwayne Wade in the face in the playoff yeah. game, you yeah. know, if if he's just half you know half messing around, that doesn't happen. But when you're competing against somebody and you're trying to destroy him, that's going to happen. And so uh, I think Dwayne Wade ended up getting like six stitches in the eye or something, and 
you know, people were talking about, like, man, Kobe's a you know, vicious. Yeah, he is vicious because he's he's competitive. He wants you to know that, hey, Dwayne Wade, yeah, we're cool and everything, but you're not on my level. And I think that's what the players need to go back to doing. Is some of these younger players are going to have to start doing it. You know, the older players like LeBron and those guys, they're setting their ways. They've been the 15, 16 All-Stars. They're, they're at the end of their career. They're not going to play hard. But these young kids coming in, yeah, they need to start turning around and, and start making it entertaining. But, but did you like Lillard shooting from 52 feet, 51 feet? Well, you know, I mean, that's I what mean, he does. That's well, what he does. Not, not, that, not in games. I mean, come on. Well, that was, you know, that was entertaining. I, you know, I will go you know with what's that, entertaining guys. for him? And once they win some games in Milwaukee, right? They're not the same team. They're not the same <laughs> team in Milwaukee. 52 footers in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a 52, yeah, she's a 52 <laughs> footers in Milwaukee. Because I'm going to tell you now, that team is not the same team. They're not the same team. And they're going to end up, I'm telling you, this this move of firing Adrian Griffin is going to backfire, I think, at the end of the day. They're not going to get to where they are supposed to. They might get to the second round, but I, I don't see this team winning a championship. Um, and I think, you know, you know, getting rid of Adrian Griffin has really caused a ripple effect in the locker room. And it's really hurt this this team where they were because he held people accountable, you know, and you hear all these people, you know, jumping on here, J.J. Reddick talking about Doc and, you know, Doc wants to pass the buck now because, the you know, the, the Bucks are not winning. And now it's like, oh, it's so yeah. hard to come in and in the middle of the season and win games. Then why would you take the job? You know what I'm saying? Don't take the job if it's going to be hard. You know, that's what I say. Don't take the job if it's going to be hard. You knew what you were getting because you were consulted. Well, father time is undefeated, and that Milwaukee team just looks old right now. Brooke Lopez is in his mid-30s. He's not moving real well. Chris Middleton is always injured. Jay Crowder is washed up. I mean, that, that team, you know, it's Giannis against the world, and I think they underestimated how Drew Holiday really kept everything together on both sides of the court. He was more important than they realized. Yeah, Lillard's a dynamic scorer, but Holiday did set things that I think they undervalued. Well, you saw that last night against Boston, how important he is to that team. I mean, rebounding, posting up, defending anybody on the floor. He can guard anybody on the floor. He got his hand knocked a couple of balls away that led to steals and fast break for, for Boston, and that's where they miss it. And sometimes, you know, sometimes teams, you know, they hurt themselves by, you know, something not being enough. You know, it's like, okay, we got to, we got an all-star caliber point guard already that, that really is unselfish. He doesn't ask to, you know, he doesn't have to score 25. He doesn't have to score 30, but he's content being the second or third wheel on a team. And he's going to probably, he's one of the most underrated players in the game as far as the point guard position, but that's not good enough. We see a shiny little car over here that we're like, yeah, I think I want that car because it's got nice wheels and it's super fast and it's, you know, it's a Ferrari. I think I want that one. And then you let go of the, you know, the Chevrolet that starts up every night, you know, no matter what, no matter if it's rain, sleet, or snow, that Chevy's going to start up every day and it's going to get you to where you need to go. So uh, they went for the shiny car and it's not working right now. Can can they turn it around? Yeah, they can turn it around. But not right. The reason why I don't think it's going to turn around because Giannis now is starting to become the player that we didn't want him to become. You know, what thing that, that made Giannis so special was Giannis was, you know, he was never a me guy. He never was a me guy. It's always we right. team. And he, to me, now has become a me guy. You know, he wants to be everything run through him. He wants to handle the ball. He wants to call the shots. He wants to tell everybody what to do. And that that was one of the beautiful things about Giannis, the humbleness, the, you know, the team first attitude. Now he's gotten to that point. Now you can see it. He's changed. He's He's the guy now. He's you know, and he didn't even have to do that. Mark, he didn't have to change. He could stay the same way he was, and he still would have the same impact that he's having. 
But now he wants to control everything. He wants to control who handles the ball. He wants to bring the ball up, initiate the offense. Then why'd you go get Dame Lillard? You know, why'd you get Dame Lillard? You know, and so now why him playing this way makes it very difficult for, for Milwaukee to probably get past the second round. Yeah, he's got that new film out on Prime Network talking about his family's journey, and everybody loved him because he was the humble superstar. I agree with you 100%, Stacey. He's changed. He's been ripping his teammates, yes. talking about you know making excuses and stuff, and and he's now he's making excuses, talking about changing ownership, three different coaches, injuries. You know, so he's I think he's set the stage for the big trade demand. He'll probably try to yeah. get out the Golden State and team up with Steph. Well, Curry and I, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if he doesn't demand because that's the way it looks like it's going. Because, like I said, the one thing that really made him special and, and made him very likable was the fact that, you know, I'm going to be in Milwaukee for the rest of my life. I love it here and I love yeah. the people and, you know, I love being here. And, and it's just a humble superstar. You always rooted for him, even when you're playing against him. You always rooted for him. And then you saw his story, you know, the movie that came out at Disney, and you, you got a better understanding of where he came from. So you just really, really, like, you know, we're in this kid's corner. But over the last couple of years, you know, them not, you know, them getting knocked out in Miami, you know, last year, um, and then just listening to him talk. It's it's more now he's turned into a me guy. You know, it's me, me, me. He And listen, they don't make that trade for Drew Holiday to, to Damon Lillard without going through him. They don't. Exactly. They don't. Yeah. They don't. They don't. You know. They don't. They don't. You know. Maybe five years ago they might have, but they don't do that now. There any moves that goes on in Milwaukee goes through Giannis's desk first. Giannis, what do you think about this? Giannis, what do you think about? This? Would you mind? But and he had to sign off on it. He signed off on that. And I'm telling you, and I, I'm sure Drew uh, Drew Holiday is really upset about it. You know, because he had to make sacrifices in his game to allow Giannis to to elevate. And you know, and he was great in the community. You know, he does everything that you wanted your superstar player to be. And, you know, that's why that's why, you know, it's hard to to root for organizations sometimes because this is a business at the end of the day. You know, it's a, it's a business. Players reckon, are starting to recognize it's not about what you did or what you do for them in the community. It's a business at the end of the day. And if, if you're not reaching certain expectations, that organization has the right to move you. And, uh, you know, going through Giannis, like, hey, we need to. We need to upgrade because he already put it in her ear, like, you know, basically like, hey, I'm not signing my extension until I see that yeah. we're doing something. That right there tells you, like, that's a me guy because he would never have said that five years ago. So, you know, they're going to have some problems in their hand. And there's a reason why his brother's still on the roster. You know, most teams would have cut his brother by now. You know, his brother is on the roster because Giannis is in Milwaukee. And that's the only reason why they got him back. He was a selling piece of bringing his brother back. His brother probably got a lifetime contract in Milwaukee as long as Giannis is there. And he's basically holding up a roster yeah. spot. I mean, they could use that spot to go really get some other people that can help them and what they need. Maybe another shooter, maybe another wing player. But they're they're locked in with him, and he doesn't even play. Did you see right. him? Yeah, did you see him a couple nights ago before the break? Uh, it was like the end of the game. They were they were, I don't know if they were winning or losing, but it was like the last minute of the game. They take the ball out, and then the point guard comes back and get the ball. Then he tells the point guard, "Give me the ball, give me the ball." And then the point guard looks at him. And he starts dribbling, and then he gives it to him, right? And he ended up getting an eight-second call. He got an eight-second call before the ball came over there. <laughs> and it's, and they have these on, on the internet. They have these these crazy uh, videos of Thanasis and like all his mistakes he's made, and then some of his uh, terrible shot selections. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. But they they definitely he's there because of his brother. Let's be real. And that's the spot Milwaukee probably could use to go get something that they need to be able to get them to push because they were the only teams other than, you know, getting Dame Lillard 
what moves do they make to to be able to beat Boston? And when when uh, right. when Embiid comes back, what what moves did they make to ensure they can beat Philadelphia? Because Philadelphia went out and got Buddy Hield, and that's a that's a move no one's really talking about because the Sixers are struggling right now because Embiid is out. But when Embiid comes back, that is a huge piece for them. That is a legit three point shooter, one of the best three point shooters in the game. And now when you pair him up with Embiid. How do you double and beat? How do you leave a guy like Heal to go double team and match you with the way he's playing? So people are not talking about Philadelphia right now because Embiid is out. And they said teams are beating them. But when Embiid comes back, it doesn't matter what seed they are. They can be, they can be a six seed. They can be a seven seed. They are going to be a tough out. Well, you mentioned the internet, and uh, Stacy got in a pretty heated <laughs> Twitter beef this week. We're going to talk football. In our next segment, <laughs> Justin Fields, the debate rages on uh, across Chicagoland when we return. But first, whispers, tell the folks about our good buddy, Jeff Bukovic. Oh, man. You're laying it on me here, huh? Let's see. It's right in front of you. It's I right do have it. There, I do have it. Oh, give me a moment. All right. I got it. When it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance. Nationwide hey, wait a agent. minute. You can't say that. Oh, shoot. Who printed this? This must be from 1974. <laughs> <laughs> They'll treat you, they will treat you like royalty. Oh, <laughs> if you call Jeff Vukovic, you can reach him at jeffvuk.com. Hey, where's the, uh, where's the screen? The phone number's on your screen, right? It's not. But uh, Oh, come on. What's going on over there? Yeah, see, see the, the yeah. principal's gone and I the see students it on, are running. I see it on the screen through the glass. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, we can't see anything. Screen. Wow. Wait, hold on. I there think. it is. There it is, Tim. Oh. <laughs> Reach got, Jeff at 847-825-4783. That's 847-825-4783. And uh, I already know he has the golden pipes warmed up because – He's right next to me, and I can hear him loud and clear. Nationwide is on your side. Oh, I can feel well, thank goodness Stacy salvaged that segment. <laughs> yeah, because it was – we apologize yeah, Jeff. for Tim's bungled read. Oh, like the, hey, Mark, Mark, Tim, one Mark. One job, one Mark. job. <laughs> it was like the Titanic, brother. We were sinking from the start. Nothing we could do. I wasn't going to stay on there with the band, baby. I, I grabbed. I was grabbing little children and sitting there with me. Hey, you're you're a captain. I'm just down there steering, trying oh, to serve some donuts. Oh no, my god! Oh my god! No, stop it! Got to get a broadcast professional in there to yes, do that. Exactly. No kidding. I'll tell you what. I mean, who am I? Hey, what am I doing? Here? We're coming right back. We're gonna talk some football. Justin Fields, Caleb Williams. Who you got? That's next. I'm giving the hot sauce. Time to talk some football and give me the hot sauce. Stacy is a man of the people. Yes. He always responds to uh, viewers who make comments on the various social media platforms. If you're respectful. Stacy will answer you, but if you're going to mess with them, you better be ready for some give back. Stacy, what what did you think of that old Justin Fields episode this week? Oh, listen, man, listen. You know, I, I love I love Chicago fans. They're very they're very knowledgeable. They're very passionate about whatever sport you're talking about. And this this Justin <laughs> Field thing is really just it's really bizarre because yeah, you know, it, it's it seems like there's a group of people that love Justin Fields, and there's a group of people who actually hate him. Like not just hate, not just dislike his play as a quarterback, but just hate him. Like you know, and it's really sad too because it's like, wow, like what has this kid done? I mean, you you can sit down, Mark, and break down his production over his career here. Okay, at the end of the day, the Bears did no service to this kid. 
you know, the offense, he had three offensive coordinators, two head coaches, three head coaches, however many head coaches he had. Uh, they never really developed him. He's had to go out there on pure athletic ability um, and and to make plays. They haven't surrounded him with talent. They just finally went out and got DJ Moore, and they took off. He, he made Mooney before he had Moore. Mooney was a guy that they produced. He produced a lot of yards uh, as really a third receiver playing a number one guy. So they finally go out and get Moore. Moore becomes career numbers across the board for him. And I think that's where people don't are not getting this, is that this guy played in Carolina where he was the number one guy. He comes to Chicago and he puts up monster numbers across the board, career numbers across the board, and Justin Fields was his quarterback. Uh, they did an interesting stat, you know, because a lot of, lot of Justin Fields haters just go by, oh, he holds on to the ball too long. Uh, he doesn't read defenses. Okay, well, break it down. If you ever watch Bears tape, you know, uh, and you watch film, one of the reasons why Justin Fields struggles and holds the ball too long is that their quarterback, you know, their re- their receivers who run their routes, they all you ever notice them? Are they run them together? They're all in the same area. Nobody gets any separation. No one comes across the middle. No one goes, you know, with a with a quick slant. No one goes sideline. They're all in the same area, which makes the defense easy to guard three receivers. Okay, and then the three guys that are not named Komet or more have more drops. Their percentages drops are like super high, uh, higher than Norman NFL, 25%, 28% drop rate. When you look at DJ Moore, zero drop rate. Komet, 2% drop rate. That means they're catching everything that comes their way. The other guys are dropping balls. So if you're a quarterback, you're saying, well, why am I going to throw these guys? They don't catch the ball. Okay, I'm going to go to guys who catch the ball. So then, yeah, maybe he is looking, holding the ball too long, waiting for DJ Moore to get open because that's the only reliable receivers they have. But it's interesting to see some of the professional guys when they break down the numbers. And a lot of times fans don't want to hear that, Mark. They don't want to hear the numbers. They don't want to know why this is why Justin Fields is is the quarterback that he is. You could have put anyone behind that line, offensive line last year, and put anybody in this system last year, and they would have struggled. You know, they would have struggled. And I don't care who it was. You could have put Brock Purdy back here. But people say, oh, Brock Purdy reads the defenses. He gets the ball out quick. Yeah, but Brock Purdy's got Hall of Famers around him on the offensive side of the ball. You know, you got a, you got a stud running back in McCaffrey. You got Debo Sanders. You got Kittle, who's one of the best tight ends in the, in the world. Uh, Anayu, the, the receiver, he's good. I mean, they've got a ton of guys that he can get the ball to. Justin Fields has like maybe two guys he can get the ball to. There's no Hall of Famers on that roster. Um, you know, maybe DJ Moore as he continues his career, but there's not a lot of Hall of Fame that he's playing with. It sounds like Justin Fields has kind of resigned himself to the fact that he's going to be traded. I'm sure you saw the, the clips from the St. Brown Brothers podcast where he said, I just want it to be over. He said he'd love to stay in Chicago. He loves the fans. He loves the city. But I think that either he's been tipped off or he's just reading the tea leaves that, you know, that it looks like they're going to take Caleb Williams and move on from him and trade him to another team. It's kind of a sad story because Fields has worked his ass off, and yet he really hasn't gotten the support from the organization. You know, he's been through a couple different offensive coordinators. Uh, They didn't really have a good system. Like you just mentioned, he hasn't had great supporting cast on the offense. I think that he's going to get traded, and there's going to be a ton of pressure on Caleb Williams to come into this market and try to prove that not only is he better than Justin Fields, but he's a guy that can live up to all the hype, people comparing him the Patrick Mahomes and all these great other great quarterbacks. Well, and here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. You got to remember, we're not playing in Southern California. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Okay, that's where Caleb Williams is played. He's playing in nice weather. You know, you got to come here every Sunday and you're liable to play in a snowstorm. You're liable to play in a rainy conditions where it's hard to throw a football. If you're the Bears, and this is why I don't understand this, like what, what is the objective here? Because, you know, you're recycling quarterbacks every three years, okay? And you're wasting a golden opportunity here to say, hey, look, we got the number one pick. We can get a, a king's ransom with this number one pick, which will elevate us to being not only winning our conference, but a chance to go deep in the playoffs and, and, and speed up our rebuild process with just that first pick. You go get another receiver. Marvin Harrison Jr. or one of these other top receivers that are out there. Marvin Harrison would be my choice. You got now you got another weapon for Fields to throw. You go out and replace an offensive lineman, go out and draft an offensive lineman, uh a, a center. You definitely need a center. A center is definitely you should get a center. Uh a tackle, whatever, whatever, wherever your, your needs are, I think it's center. But wherever your needs are, you go get that on the offensive line. Then you go get you a, a defensive end. And you're right back in the mix. You're very similar to what Detroit did. Detroit went out, they had four or five rookies last year that contributed to that team that got all the way to the, you know, the NFC championship game. So take a page out of their book. If you draft uh, Caleb Williams at number one and you think he's Patrick Mahomes, which he's not, how many times in the last 10 years have we heard, you know, when Michael Jordan played, he's the next Michael Jordan, nowhere close. Okay, no one close. Okay, how many how, how many times do we hear these quarterbacks, these recent quarterbacks that have come out of college football? Uh, you know, the Lawrence kid. Oh, he's a he's 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 the next great quarterback. He's this guy. He's going to take that team. Da da. He struggled this past season. He struggled. He's, he's had a couple of different coaches. You know, the, the Herbert kid in San Diego. Oh, he's a talent. This guy is the most talented quarterback we've seen in the last twenty five years. 
there's always someone coming around that's going to be the next great quarterback. But until they they're put in a system where they can win, you know, and they can they can you know look at Trey Lance. Trey Lance was like generational talent. This guy should be you know San Francisco's going to get him, and he's a generational talent. He couldn't even get in. The, he couldn't even do anything in San Francisco, you know. So you got to be careful labeling these kids the next great so and so because at the end of the day they got to come and prove it. And that kid's got to come here. And first of all, he's not as big as Fields. He's not as fast as Fields. Uh, Fields has already proven he can play in this weather. He's already proven you he's a leader. This kid, there's questions about his leadership. You know, that USC game, when he set out the last bowl game and kind of left UCLA, I mean, uh, USC in the lurch, they played the next kid in line. The kid threw six touchdowns in the bowl right, game. Right. So so what does that tell you? Like, is Caleb Williams, is, the, is it the system? Is the assistant Lincoln Riley runs that can make any quarterback look great? I mean, he's had Heisman Trophy winners. So it's not like, you know, it's not like it's like, you know, oh, you know, uh, Caleb Williams is just so good we can't pass on him. Yeah, you can. Because if he comes here and you realize he's not the leader that you thought in the locker room, players don't respect him, and he passes blame when things go wrong, oh, it's the line's fault, you know, because he's been he's done that at USC. He's thrown a lot of people under the bus when he's at USC. And he's done that now in some of his interview process. So that's what they say. So you got to be careful who you bring into your locker room because the players have already spoke. They want Fields. Your number one receivers flat out told you, I want Justin Fields. And I, I guess DJ Moore stopped following the Bears too. And no one's really talking about that. Is this like draft day with hey. Kevin Kastner? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Same deal, Whispers, right? what'd you think of uh Eberflus's new look? He introduced his coordinators yesterday. He's got the gray beard, he's got the new haircut. People were com- uh, comparing him to George Clooney. What, what it looked like uh, you got a big makeover there. It, it was overdue. I, it, I'm, I'm glad he's not talking to uh, <laughs> to, to the uh, fashion coordinator for uh, um, oh my god, what's his name? Uh, quarterback of the uh, uh oh my god, the Vikings. Oh, <laughs> going to Kirk Granimals, Cousins. Kirk Cousins with his Granimals. But uh, yeah, there's plaids, but yeah, he's, a, he's trying to, first of all, his new look, he's trying to fool people so they won't fire him. He's That's a new, what he's doing. He's a new coach. He changed his whole plan. look. It's a new coach. Yeah. It's a new coach. He got a new yeah. coach that looks like George Clooney. You know, they must have fired Eberflus. No, it's still Eberflus. Like, <laughs> it's like the old the old Scooby-Doo when they pull <laughs> off the mask and they find yeah, out who it was. Right, right. Yeah, when they pull off his mask, they're going to find out it's still Eberflus there, okay? So you can change your look. And then how about this? He's still gonna call. They hire a defensive coordinator. He's still right. gonna call Make the plays. Like that? he's gonna call the plays. That was weird. Huh? And I mean, who does that? Who says that? Yeah, that news conference is pretty weird. I mean, Eric Washington, who actually broke into coaching with the Bears in, in two thousand eight, is the new defensive coordinator. And he and he told the media that was at Hallis Hall that I, I just want to focus on the things that I'm going to do, not what I can't do. But it it kind of rang hollow that you know here he's brought in. And Ibraflus is still going to call all the defensive signals, and then Shane Waldron wouldn't even mention the quarterbacks nope. by name, you know, and, and so his hands are tied behind his back. I mean, you you really worry about how this is going to all end up because, like you mentioned, Stacy, they could trade the number one pick, get a boatload of picks. They've got eighty million dollars to spend in free yes. agency. The salary cap just went up. Yeah, they they could load this team around Justin Fields, and yet they're going to have two powerless coordinators with a rookie quarterback, it looks like. And and then, uh, and also, you know, also, you know, a, a lame duck coach, because if yeah. it doesn't work yeah. out, you know, then all of a sudden now it's like he's gone. 
You know, he, he, he's yeah. going to make good situation. And that's why I believe that he's going to call the defense because he re, he recognizes that if the defense is good, then they're going to give me credit like I know what I'm doing. And then the offense will fall on the offensive coordinator. So he's trying to save his job because you don't never see anybody doing that unless it's like a mid-change in the middle of the year. And they say, okay, the coach is going to start calling the plays. They fired the defensive coordinator. You you went out and got a brand new defensive coordinator, and you basically said yesterday, I'm going to be calling the plays. <laughs> what I mean, if I'm the defensive coordinator, like, well, that, that wasn't discussed in the interview, right? I mean, y'all didn't discuss this. Y'all, y'all just bring this up now? And then so they asked the, ask the defensive coordinator about it. He has to act like he doesn't know what's going on. Like, you know, yeah, I'm just whatever, I, you know, whatever they need me to do, I'll do it. It's a tough spot, though. I mean, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, well, what would you do, Mark? I mean, if you were the, if you're in that spot, would you lock the door and go in like pace and just make a decision? Well, if I was, you know, if you're talking about what they do with the first pick, I would definitely trade back, get a boatload of picks, and I keep fields. Would you but, get you know, another as far quarterback? As the coordinators too, go. And would, would you get another quarterback too later in the draft? Since there's so many potential quarterbacks. Not worried about a backup quarterback. You, you know, yeah. you, could, you could keep the kid you got there now. I don't. I don't think that's that important of a position. No, you can always pick up a veteran in free agency if you want somebody to, to hold a clipboard. I agree because they're, they're they're so close to being a very good football team. You go look mm-hmm. how they finished, and they should have been evaluating Justin Fields at the end of the season. They, and they won almost five games in a row. They finished. They finished Soldier Field winning their last five games, and I still believe that. They sabotaged him in Green Bay. I, I believe that they they wanted him to look bad because he looked good in that last home game. Um, at How about home. the Pittsburgh game? When I had football, you go all the way back to that. The call. I just think I just think that they they didn't want him to look too good in that last game against Green Bay. When you have nothing to lose, you're playing a rival team and you have an opportunity to knock them out of the playoffs. Why are you not going? Hey, hey, this kid's gonna throw fifty times a game. We're gonna evaluate him. We're going to give him the green light to do what he needs to do. We're going to put him in a position to succeed. They didn't do that. You know, they ran more than they had passed the ball. And, and you know, it was just baffling how they ended up that last game of the season. It was like, wow, like, really? They're not even going to try to push the ball down the field. You're not even going to try to see what, you know, Green Bay's defense is in the secondary. You're not even going to test them. You act like they were like the number one defensive team in the league the way they played them. Well, this debate's going to rage on until we uh, get to the draft in late April. Jay so Field, let me tell you, Justin Fields, where, where more opportunities. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If they trade him and he ends up going to Pittsburgh or he ends up going to Atlanta, he is going to flourish. And the reason why I say that is, is because he's going to be in a stable environment where he's going to have a head coach like Mike Tomlin, who's no nonsense, and they're going to have the right people around. And they already got a receiver core waiting for him. They got a nice tight end there. They got an offense waiting for him. And he's going to flourish in there. Now, if you're the Bears, you you got to trade him to the AFC. You you can't let him be in the NFC. You can't you can't let him you can't let him roam in the NFC. I mean, even if you get a, a better package from Atlanta, you don't really want to see him in the NFC because that could be a chance where that can come back and hurt you for the next you know ten years. You know, he's he's down there getting to the playoffs, winning Super Bowls, and. The Bears are still in the same position they are. Oh. Three years later, they're getting rid of Caleb Williams because he's too small. He can't <laughs> read defenses. He holds the ball too long because that's exactly what's going to happen. And then they're going to regret not getting those boatloads of picks to be able to build their team the way they should be able to build that team and make them a contender right away. They're going to be years and years away from that. Should we make the announcement on our draft analyst? Yeah, go ahead. 
Dun 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 dun. Dun 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 dun. That was your yours was terrible. Dun 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 dun. Oh wow. Okay. Don't you have a sound bite there, D? Don't you have something you can throw in there? Really? Not for you, man. Oh, uh, just just yeah. we just gotta throw it out there, huh? Dang. I just gave you. I just gave you this. I know it was good. I thought we might get some music at some point. Man, oh man, this is low production. Here. <laughs> this is very low. Very low. Right, wow. so, this is a uh, toxic environment. We're gonna have here. the uh, eighty-five Super Bowl MVP Richard Dent in for our draft analyst. So he might there have you some go. insight for us. Colonel, the Colonel will be here right yes. in our Palatine Studios. We said we send a car for him, and he said you don't have to do that. But I said we insist, and we'll have some. Lousy wings and some pizza here for you as well. <laughs> the no, all is the best stuff. There. The Come on, we, we treat treat them like kings here. The toxic environment. You know, before we move on, uh, congratulations to Robbie Gold. He's now Robbie! the football coach at Rolling Meadows High School. That's in your neck of the woods, Tim. Yeah, or it's right down the road. Don't forget who also went to Rolling Meadows High School, the great Jimmy Garoppolo. So, yes, I coach uh, Jimmy. That's right. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they do well. You know how kickers have that legendary status as great coaches, so we, we should see the best. So, coming up next, we're going to talk a little <laughs> odds and ends and tell you what we're watching. That's, uh, that's coming up on Give Me the Hot Shot. <laughs> we're back. Final segment on Give Me the Hot Sauce. We're putting whispers to work today. Tell the folks how they can get some of Stacey's great signature hot sauce. Well, Mark, it's been a little disappointing since Super Bowl because – I got some, uh, you know, comments about not doing walking with the impersonations because Super Bowl. So I got to throw it in <laughs> one last time. Okay. Okay, go ahead, man. All right. So anyhow, there's a new code, and you morons gotta use it to get free shipping. It's so easy. It's K I N G, which is King. All right. So order some sauce from GiveMeTheHotSauce.com. Use the code King, and it's free shipping which means it gets to your house for peanuts. You don't have to do anything extra. Just type in KNG and you'll have it at your house in a matter of a couple of days. So order some now or go to the jewels and get some there. Thank you. So you're saying that King is easier to spell than walk and fire. Is that what you're trying to tell us? Apparently no one could figure that out, Mark, because <laughs> we only had about five or six of them. A thousand orders comes in. There's like five or six people getting extra bottles and that, that code still exists, but yeah, maybe Christopher Walken was right. People are too dumb to spell my name. <laughs> They're doing W-A-K-I-N-G-Q, not Q-U-E. Like, yeah, it was pathetic. I, it never got used. Yeah. It's kind of sad. So let's really simplify things and go with KNG for free shit. I think people can spell king. So hopefully that will uh, get yeah. some free bottles of hot sauce along with their orders. I hope. Hey, uh, the internet last spring when we had uh, Scotty Pippen on the show, and Scotty Pippen is now taking his show <laughs> on the road. His, uh, his salty tour is over in Australia. I guess he's enlisted Luke Longley. I, I don't know if Boris Grant is with him, but uh, yeah, they want to give their there. version. Uh, on the documentary, the Last Dance documentary, Stacy, what do you make of that? I mean, they're charging okay. people admission okay. to, to hear their gripes. Okay, first of all, I know the real scoop. Okay, I know the whole inside on this. Okay, first of all, it's not it's not a haters tour. Okay, it's not a haters <laughs> tour. Okay, I think Bleacher Report, uh, had, uh, they were the first one that brought it up. Um, what it is 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 Luke Longley is is in Australia. He lives in Australia, 
and he loves to bring his teammates over uh, to Australia to talk about the Bulls, to talk about their time playing with Michael Jordan. Da, 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 da. And it's just, uh, you know, because the Bulls are still big in Australia and he they pay a lot to come over there. Like Scotty made like Scotty made like 100,000 going over there the first time he went over. Um, and then Horace, when I talked to Horace uh, at the Ring of Honor, he was going over there uh, to to get on the, the tour thing. But it's not. Don't read into that. Somebody put that as clickbait. It's not a let's talk about Michael and talk about, you know, the last dance and all that. What's what's been said has been said. They will they will answer questions because it's a Q&A and there'll probably be some questions of what their relationship is with Michael Jordan. And I'm sure they're going to have their answers, but it's not one of those like, let's just, you know, let's let's tell our side the story and uh, get it out there because that's what everybody is thinking. That's what it is. And it's really not. It's just a meet and greet, sign autographs, you know, ask some questions. Uh, and then take pictures with fans. That's all. That's what it's all about. It's not when I saw that the other day on Bleacher Report, <laughs> I laughed because, like, you know, a lot of these people just put things for clickbait, you know, so they think can go viral. Uh, until you actually see them, you know, somebody's got it on video where they're actually talking about it. That's not what this this little tour is. It's it's more of a goodwill tour, uh, being able to meet some pro athletes. They go there, they go sign autographs, they run camps over there, they do just like the NBA sends players. Uh Luke Longley is the ambassador over in Australia. So he brings Bulls players over there, like Randy Brown. I think Dickie Simpkins is going over there on the next tour. Um, so he tries to bring all his teammates and former Bulls over there because the Bulls are so large over in Australia. But you know, if Scotty's asked about it, he's not going to hold back. I mean, yeah, I mean Stephen he, A. Smith yeah. was on his show today saying that one thing's for sure that Scotty will make a fool of himself at some point during the during the tour. Listen, Scotty, listen, Scotty has his truth, and everybody else can, you know, you may not accept it or not. I mean, you know, we had him on the show, and and you know, people who did not see that interview, I urge you to go back and listen to it. You know, Scotty, Scotty is is you know is an emotional guy. You know, his heart's on his sleeve. And I and I will say this, and I'll continue to say this. You ask anybody that's ever played with Scotty from both those championship teams and ask him who's your best teammate, Scotty Pippen's name will always be number one. He'll always yep. be – you can ask anybody, and they will tell you Scotty is the best team. You won't hear people say Michael Jordan. You won't hear people say Ron Harper. You won't see – you won't hear all these different names come up. You'll always hear the same name on both teams, both championship teams, and it'll be Scotty Pippen. So – you know, Scotty's got his issues and Scotty's got, you know, some of the things, but, you know, Scotty's still a top 100 player and he has the right to to say what he wants to say, whether people like it or not. It's his opinion. That's it. That's his truth. And if you don't like it, drink some digits. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very hey, good. Speaking of having the, the right to say what you want, how about the incident in Dallas last night where one of the oh. fans called Kevin Durant a bitch and he yes. wanted to want to confront him right right there. Listen, uh, you know, obviously nothing was going to happen physically, but, you know, it's an ugly scene uh, in an NBA arena. Well, listen, here, listen, fans, it's getting out of hand now. OK, mm -hmm. you have the right. You pay for a ticket. You have a right to yell and scream and say you suck and all this stuff. You know, but when you start, you know, you're coming to the shoot arounds early. You're there early and there's no fans <laughs> hardly in the arena. And you're down there on the floor where everything can be heard now. It's a different story when you got 20,000 in the arena. You're not going to hear all that. Because all that noise is going to be drowned out by music, uh, whistles, you know, all the uh, entertainment on timeouts. But when you're down there, like before game, the game's at seven, you're in there at six o'clock, you can hear everything now. And those fans are like right on the floor. And as Kevin Durant is walking out, you know, she called him a bitch. 
And then he turned around and she tried to act like, hey, you know, come on my podcast and this and that. How are you going to call somebody a derogatory name like that and then have the nerve <laughs> yeah. to ask them to come on your podcast? You know, it's just like a fan's, <laughs> you know, spitting on a player or throwing something at a player. Yeah. Listen, you have the right to say whatever you want because you pay for the ticket. But on the same token, have some respect for, for these players. You know what I'm saying? Have some respect for him. If you want, if you if if he's if he's being a jerk to you, then you have a reason to say you're a jerk. Okay, like you see a little kid ask for an autograph, the kid just a player just walked by him. That's being a jerk. Come on, man, sign an autograph. This is what you do. You know, don't tell a kid like, no, I don't do autographs. Or, Get away from me. That, you're being a jerk. But if the guy is not being a jerk and he's just going out there to do his job to get warmed up, and he didn't see you, he didn't come over to see you, you call him a bitch. And then now you want to try to backtrack and, you know, backpedal yeah. out of it. Oh, I didn't say that. I said, you know, you're, <laughs> I want to go to the beach. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's brave until they get confronted. Exactly. And every, and, and everybody's brave, Mark. And everybody's a key keyboard warrior. Everybody's a tough guy, you know, behind on, on a keyboard, you know, until most of the things these people tweet and say on Twitter, they would never have the nerve to say it in a person's face. You know what I'm saying? Anything I tweet, I'll tell you in your face. I mean, I'm not afraid of that. You know, but you, there's a lot of people that, you know, talk a big game, you know, behind the scenes, and then be the first one to ask you for the autograph when they see you. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about the real Warriors. You guys, I don't want to talk about the UFC card from last weekend. Oh, man. Ooh, I'll tell you what, that was a, that was a brutal. There's Alexander Volkanovsky. Volkanovsky. Did you see it? Oh, yeah, he got creamed. I'm going to tell you something, man. Ouch. That, that caught me <laughs> off guard. I didn't. I mean, he, yeah, he, he's dominated the featherweight division from start. I mean, from start to finish. And then he went up to, to fight, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, shoot. Uh, <laughs> well, he went up a weight class to fight the yeah, champion. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. 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 No, not him. The, the weight class ahead. Um, uh, Michael Chefs or something. Uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah. Michael Chef. Well, he went up to fight him and got well, beat twice. First time, first time it was like, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he barely lost. And the second time he got knocked out, yeah, they stopped the fight. So he came back kind of damaged goods from that fight. So he fights this guy. This guy's got power on both hands and literally just smoked him. Like he said, he's going to knock him out between the first and second round and knocked him out in the second round. Where, where, where are you going, man? What happened to Whispers? Is he going to get some magic mind to help with the referee? <laughs> he's, <you> know, he, <laughs> he's looking, today, you know? Yeah, he's going to – he just walked out to go get the food, he said. Look at him. My goodness. He just uh, gets up in the middle of the show. No, you know, no apologies. No. Yeah, no, I told you, man. Spicoli all fast. I'm Ridgemont High. He has no – he has no regard for the people at work right now. He's just getting up, walking around, you know, talking to people in the office. Oh, this is what I have to deal with, Mark. We got to worry, worry about our guy. I mean, he's got early onset dementia. Look so at him. Look at him. Now like, he's coming back in. He back right. in. Yeah, here he is. He's coming back in with his tight jeans on. American can see it. Look at him. <laughs> see, you know, he's trying to hide the tight jeans. Him and Fran. Fran, you see Fran's clothes today, Mark. And Fran's clothes. Yeah. So I thought he had a pair of Lululemons on. It was so tight. It was her Lululemons. <laughs> look at him. Look at Fran. You got his high school gym shirt on. Too. No, no, Fran got a nice little top on, but he, the pants he got on, it looks like it's kind of like mustard brown pants, and uh, and they're really tight, man. They're really tight. I mean, I, I told him, I told him, extra sock in the front. I told him, Mark. I said, Mark, it's so tight. If he if he farted, he wouldn't be able to smell it till he got home at seven o'clock. It's like the Batman suit really seals the flavor in. I told you before the show, I'm letting it marinate. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, he's letting it marinate, he said. I'll bet you are. I Those, bet you but, are. Yeah. Chief tight pants. Wow. Chestnuts roasting. Yeah. yeah My roasting. nuts roasting by the open fire. <laughs> <laughs> roasting in his shorts. Oh, my God. Mark, get us back on track. The train's going off. Hey, so Whispers, did you just fill up a beer or did you grab some Magic Mike? I mean, your memory is just not good. Today. Magic Mike. Where's it at, baby? <laughs> no, that was with, uh, I had to get the pizza lady. And then she started talking about my niece and stuff. She was so nice in the past. I'm like, the wrong office what's, what's again? happening here? Oh, you were talking to her on the phone? No, right here. She was calling me, but she was standing here. Oh, she didn't know where she was at? About where to put it on the counter. Oh, oh, she didn't know where to put it. Okay, all right. I thought it was not uh, that difficult, but that's all right. Yeah, like you see a big pool <laughs> table there with wood with a uh, cardboard on that. means you put it right there. Yeah, these are luxury studios we got here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark. That's what you got in your future, eating off of a pool table. There you oh, go. Man. Only the finest on giving the hot that's sauce. All, that's listen, right. This is a great studio in here, man. We got we got stripper poles. We got all kinds of stuff going on in here, man. <laughs> Look at this. This is a great office, man. It's toxic most days, but today is not toxic. It's Friday. You know, it's bring your bring your tight jeans to work day. And everybody, <laughs> everybody got the memo but me. I'm wearing sweats. Glad so, you listen, friend. Mark, not, way to stay home, listen. Mark. Mark, way to stay at home, Mark. You need to bring your tight and then jeans. Tim wanted to slide in a, a porn viewing on our What Are We Watching? This yes, thing? he wanted to slide one in. Well, it was a recommendation from our producer here. And uh, he's... What I had never heard of this person. He sends that. me a link, and I'm like, oh, you're right. It's Bro, not man, I never heard of Lisa Ann. Lisa Ann. You know who Don't that is? Don't know who Lisa Ann is? That's no, crazy. I don't know. I, don't I didn't know either. She's like, she was the number one before Kendra Lust was number okay, one. Okay, I don't really watch porn. That's so a, throw that that's out there. Because I'm making movies Caesar myself. just got up. He's I'm like, I'm he's like oh, yeah. Caesar, yeah, Caesar. Yeah, Caesar knows all about that stuff, man. <laughs> Your Windy yeah. City guy's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, where I, did you hear? I drove her one or two, three times. I'm not talking about a car. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the Whispers, you still getting sex toys mailed to you? I haven't gotten one in the past two weeks, but I'm expecting more. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, this is sounding Well, why wouldn't I? I mean, like whispers. They must, Just like whispers. I'm going with the it must be what secret What are we buyers. watching this week? What are you watching, whispers? Give us what you're watching first. Besides well, obsessively say and stuff. Um, <laughs> so I finished uh, uh, True Detective, which was okay. uh, that was uh, weird. Did you, Mark, did you finish it? I didn't really care for the ending, you know. No, nothing really got resolved. I mean, they resolved it, but it wasn't like oh, like the other ones where you go, whoa. Well, they set up all this supernatural stuff, and then then it just turned out to be nothing, you know. A bunch of angry women taking them out in there. The cooler. <laughs> he said a bunch of angry women. Wow, <laughs> we just lost our, our our women viewers. Oh, don't leave us women viewers, please. No, please, no. No, no but did you catch the last part of what Mark said? Taking them out to the cooler. I mean, it's 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 the uh, basically well, it's really the, cold in the Arctic, you know. Yeah, wow. them out to the cooler. Wow, oh, that's, that's good stuff. Our women viewers well, just declined thirty percent. You know, round them up, round them up. Take your clothes off. Thirty percent of our women just pretty, left. I don't wow. think they're going to kill them till they saw the shrinkage. They're like. Yeah, you're worthless to us now. Get out! Wow, there. the shrink! Oh my God, we we've completely gone off the rails. Lord have mercy! All right, I'm, I'm going to bring us back. What yeah, you I'm got? bringing what you back got? right now. So what I I finally finished. Fool me once, and I didn't listen to Mark and I didn't listen to Tim saying the ending was horrible. It was terrible. I almost listened to him. That's why I didn't watch it until yesterday. 
But I watched it and I was really, really, I liked the Good. ending. I liked the ending. I, it caught me off guard how she how that happened. So uh, I'm telling you, America. You just challenged them to kill her. Listen. I mean, the guy's standing in the background. She takes the bullets out of the gun. I mean, come on now. Mark, Mark, Mark. Calm down over there. I'm in the Mark, Mark Chanowski estates, okay? <laughs> anyway, okay? <laughs> see, Mark, you look at the Mark's bookshelf right there. If he moves one book, that shelf opens up, and there's a secret with a bunch of guns you get and out of weapons. Here quickly. <laughs> well, one's the escape, the other one's a weapon. Oh my god! Oh my god! No, but it was good. I, I I urge people to watch it. It was good. It was good. It's a whodunit, and uh, you start, it answers a lot of questions. Like, because I was wondering, like, is her husband really alive? And uh, we found out that um, I'm not going to tell you, but watch it. It's a great show. It's, it's great. Well spoilers. Well done. Well done. Thank and you. And I got a chance to check out uh, The Greatest Night in Pop. Stacy recommended oh, yes. it. And I, I loved it. That was fantastic. Yes. I love the part with uh, Huey Lewis where he had to pinch hit for Prince. Yes. And all the other big name performers are going before him. And he's like, I I'm kind of this new guy. And I my legs were shaking. I was so nervous. Because <laughs> they get one line. And if, if they don't do it, great. And then at the end with Bob Dylan, I mean, like he kind of froze too. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, I'll tell you what, man, it was a amazing thing that they did. I mean, you have all these superstar people, all these people have their own fan bases. Uh, they're big time in their own right. And to put them all in the same room and you, when you put them all in the same room, you still know who's number one, number two, number three, it no matter who, no matter how it turned out, you knew like Michael Jackson was the biggest star in that room. Oh yeah. But you like How about Waylon Jennings walking out when uh, Stevie Wonder wanted to put some Swahili lyrics in there? That was that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> how wait a minute? How about how about Al Jarrell being drunk? Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, too. he was drunk. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we all <laughs> nobody knows. No, we're not singing that, Al. Al, we're not saying nobody knows how dry I am. Okay, we're singing "We Are the World." Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I gotta go. Just gotta get back. I get back. <laughs> on the clock it's five in the morning it's six in the morning and they're trying to get this thing done you know it was it was good i thought that was fantastic you know 38 years later that they released this and it still still felt fresh you know they did a really good job yeah with it. I, 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 I like was, that uh, scene when george michael starts singing and the boss and a couple other guys like turn like wow that guy can really sing no how about <laughs> with cindy lopper cindy lopper and uh it was cindy lopper and kim carnes and then they were singing their part then Michael, you know, Michael Jackson turned around and looked at him like, are we really putting these people on, the, <laughs> on this album? Are we really putting these people on this album? Quincy, I need to yeah. talk to you. I need to talk. But it all it all worked, it all worked out perfectly. Yeah, when they got done mixing it, you consider, you know, the fact that they're using reel-to-reel -reel machines. Yeah. This is the mid-80s. You know, it was crazy how good it was, the end product. I tell you what, I, I you you want to know how many people they went after this the decline them. Because you know, Prince. You know, Prince's thing was he didn't want to record with all the people. He wanted to be in a room by himself and record his yeah. part. And they were like, they were like, no, you're gonna, you gotta sing it with everybody else. And so, uh, <laughs> Sheila E, who was Prince's uh, protege, they brought her on. And uh, what was she? Uh, protege. It was a little protege. <laughs> you know, Sheila E. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, his little, his little. He discovered her. He discovered Sheila. Uh, he was a drum I'm a professional analyst. He discovered something. Hey, listen. Anyway, before I was really erupted by the guy who acts like our producer but doesn't produce anything but jokes. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Sheila E was there. She told the story that Prince is uh, Prince didn't want to be in there because he didn't want to be around all the people. 
you know, he wanted to be in the room by himself and he yeah. wanted to record it. And they was like, no, Quincy Jones, like, nope, we need you here. We need all the voices to kind of, you know, to blend in. And, uh, you know, so you, you imagine the people who didn't go, who even turned it down, what they're thinking 20, 30 years later. Because there probably was a lot of singers that didn't do it. Yeah. Because you got to remember, that was so before, that was before, like, Whitney Houston exploded. Could you imagine Whitney Houston on there? Woo! Wow. Yeah, so if you're a music fan, you know, you got to check it out. It's on Netflix. It's awesome. about an hour and 45 minutes. It's a really good watch. And one of the big stars, of course, was Bruce Springsteen. And I know your guy, Mike, is a big Springsteen fan. Is, uh, is Mike back on duty? No, no, Mike's Mike's still out, man. He's still out. We, I've, I've jumped to, I've got a lot of drivers now <laughs> since Mike's been out. Mike's been out for like almost three months, you know? And uh, he's, Well, he's supposed to be back at the end of the month, but. Uh, yeah, all right. I'm not telling anybody's medical history. No, no, don't break. Don't have a HIPAA violation. Yeah, exactly. Side, you know. uh, we know he's we know he's a big Springsteen fan, so we send our best out. Yeah, he's doing he's doing, he's doing better. He's doing better. He's right now. Yeah. He's in. He's in. The, he's getting ready to get a new truck, so he's got to try to get a new truck. Um, but he's yeah, he's health wise, he's doing a thousand times better. And so mm -hmm. I've had my I had uh, my guy Brian Hennigan, who's my second driver, and then my new driver is Caesar. Caesar is the man. Caesar is funny as hell. He's a sniper, though. Yeah, no, Caesar, Caesar, Caesar's the man, though. Caesar knows hip-hop. He knows all that stuff, man. We have good conversations in there. Well, so. tell the folks how they can uh, take advantage of Windy City Limousine oh, well, Service. <laughs> Mark, I didn't think you'd ever ask. <laughs> Windy City Limousine provides championship service. Windy. Making a reservation is so easy. It's a slam dunk. Easy. Let Windy City break the full core pressure of traffic and get you to your destination and style it on time. No pressure. Contact Wendy at 847-916-9300. That's 847-916-9300. Visit WindyCityLimos.com. <laughs> Nicely done. I think that'll put a bow on this edition and yes. give me the hot sauce. I got to get out of here. So uh, You going to dinner? Where are you going to dinner at tonight, baby? You taking the wife to dinner? Out the back here, you know. I put the shelves back and I just sneak out down, you know. Bruce Wayne, baby, just slide down the pole, baby. <laughs> right. You got a stripper pole in there, Mark. I know you do, boy. <laughs> Batman costume down there, See? Too, so Oh, boy, you got yeah. a Batman, you yeah. freak. I bet you do. <laughs> I bet you do, buddy. Uh, well, what is that little that little ball thing you put in your mouth? Did you the use ball Tim? Gag. the ball gag? Tim used that, but uh, Mark, he, he said you might have one down there. We'll get that mail to him next week by his admirers. <laughs> no. so. I'll see what you guys started. It's probably going to show up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, Mark, enjoy so your dinner, man. Perfect time to wrap it up. That's going to do it for this edition of Give Me the Hot Sauce. Who knows what we're going to have for you next week, so stay tuned. We'll be uh, advertising on social media. Until then, Stacy. Drive home safely, Chicago. Beep, beep. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 